Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Michael Tucker here with the Real Estate Success Podcast. It's another week, and that means another great episode. Today, we have Dalton Albanese here. This conversation is going to be amazing. I can't wait to bring him on. Dalton um, went from being a pro basketball player to flipping houses. And if you're listening to this right now, you probably want to learn about flipping houses. You probably want to learn how to expand your knowledge in real estate. And you came to the right place. We do this every single week. I did take a little hiatus to get uh, my mind refocused, but we're back. And now we are um, going to be pushing these out every Tuesday for you guys. So anyways, guys, let's kick this off. Let's get started and let's welcome Dalton to the show. Dalton, how's it going, man? It's going pretty well, man. How you doing? I'm good. Can't complain. Um, just for so everybody knows, I got connected through Dalton. I don't really know how. I think it was just through mutual friends. And that's the power of networking and connecting, man. It's just you never know who you'll meet. Literally, almost all the relationships I have right now in real estate just came through networking. And a lot of them I've never even met in person. Dalton had met in person, <laughs> but you know, it's just crazy networking. So Dalton's here. Like I said, he was a pro basketball player um, and turned real estate investor. And now he's buying flips like crazy in the Columbus, Ohio area, completely crushing it. So if you're in Ohio, make sure you're connecting with this guy. But Dalton, welcome, man. Give everybody a quick rundown about who you are, man. And we'll jump right on into the podcast. Yeah. So like you said, I'm in the Columbus, Ohio area. I grew up here, um, you know, about 30 minutes Southeast of it. Uh, so, you know, my whole life growing up basically was kind of centered around basketball, constantly grinding, trying to, you know, ultimately create, um, have my dream come true of playing in the NBA, uh, which, you know, I didn't make the NBA, but I did, uh, I did end up playing professionally overseas. So, uh, that was pretty much my whole life growing up. Uh, went on, played in college, kind of had an unusual college career, bounced around a little bit, and then uh, essentially didn't play basketball for a couple years and was back home kind of figuring out my life. And one of my friends basically was, we were in the gym shooting, and he was like, you have too much talent to just be sitting here. So he talked me into like basically training again and going and playing in a uh, pro combine and went to the combine, played well, and ended up in Romania for a little bit. And then came back. That's when kind of when COVID hit. And then I, you know, that's when I went full go into the real estate. Uh, when I graduated college, I came home, had no idea what I was going to do. And actually a family friend got me into real estate. So I started learning about real estate before I went and played professionally, but was still just the learning process. You know, there's as you know, there's so many avenues and so many different things you can do with inside real estate that, um, you know, I just took basically a year and a half just to learn what real estate even was. Cause I didn't even know what taxes were going into it, you know? So it was, it was a completely different world for me. And, um, yeah, I just basically self taught, went to a bunch of different meetups, um, started connecting with the right people like you and different people around the Columbus area. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically kind of how I got here. That's awesome, man. So give me a little rundown. Did like any of your family or anybody have like past real estate experience? Or are you like the first one in your family that's ever stepped foot into real estate? Uh, so my dad, my dad had previous real estate experience. Him and uh, some of my friends' dads growing up, they actually like created a business together and they were like flipping homes prior to the 08 uh, market crash. So um, I still, you know, I still use my dad. You know, I bring him along, let him walk through properties with me and stuff when he can. And um, yes, yeah, so I still utilize him because he has a lot of knowledge within it too. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like you probably would have an advantage. Um, anybody that's listening to this, that may have been in sports in the past. Maybe you are an athlete currently. I feel like athletes and like, I'm not putting off anybody else, but athletes specifically have a great advantage whenever it comes to entrepreneurship, business, real estate, because they know what it, what it's like to compete. They know what it's like to put in the work to see the results. And so how has, this is just a personal question. How has your experience um, from sports kind of transferred over to real estate and how much has that helped you as a person? Oh man, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, basically it taught me everything because, you know, basketball, it was one of those things where if you weren't working every single day, you know, you weren't going to, you weren't going to do anything spectacular in, in any sport. You know, if you're not, if you're not grinding at it every single day for hours, um, you're, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be a top prospect. You're not going to be, and I wasn't even a top prospect, but you're not going to have a chance to go play at the collegiate level at a high level. Um, you're not going to have a chance to play professionally if you don't wake up and go get it every single day. So just starting at a young age, I mean, you know, a lot, of, I, it was a lot of sacrifice, you know, there'd be times where my friends were all hanging out on Friday and Saturday nights or, you know, going to the mall, doing whatever they were doing. And I was in a gym somewhere, um, just by myself, shooting, getting myself, getting my rebounds, all that, you know, there wasn't, I wasn't on some fancy gun all the time, you know, getting up shots where I was passing the ball back to me and stuff. It was just a, it was just a grind. And then even during, even during seasons, you know, waking up at 5.00 AM going into the school before school started, I'd have an hour and a half workout done before school even got started. Right. So just, just that, uh, mindset of, you know, if I don't wake up and go get it, it's not going to happen. Um, you can't just, you can't just expect it to happen. Just, you know, sitting back, relaxing, like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, in a few years I'm going to be in this position right. and then sit there and be like, and just like looking at your watch, you know, waiting for the time to come up. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's a little, yeah, that's, that's, I think where, and like, we can talk about this all day. But I think that's where a lot of people, they buy a coaching program or they get into a video course and they just expect that it's going to happen since they took the step of getting the knowledge, but the knowledge is just the first step. So if you're listening to this right now and you're listening to my podcast, you're like listening to bigger pockets or any other podcast. And you're like, man, like I'm going to start this real estate journey. Collecting the information is just the first step, right? The next step after that is taking action on that information. And not only just taking one step, Outside of that information is taking consistent steps every single day. And like we've talked about all the time on this podcast and other trainings we do is, you know, it's not just one step, it's not two step. It's the longevity of your journey that's going to make most the most difference, right? And a lot of you guys know my story. I mean, I got in and within the first six months I had deals and they just fell apart completely. And I had a chance to drop out of real estate or continue on, right? I had a decision to make. And because I decided to stay the long-term route. I decided to stay consistent. It's paid off in the end. And the same for Dalton as well. He has a great story. Um, he's actually just picked up a property. When was it? Last Wednesday, we were just chatting. Last Wednesday, he just picked up another flip that's set to net him probably like, what, 50, 60, $70,000? I can't even remember. What was it? What's yeah, the I, would, I would say it's going to be, I'm hoping it's going to be between you know 30 to 60. Okay. Gotcha. Just depending on the renovation, I, as you guys know, markets fluctuate, things like that. And you know, I like how we just gave a range there. We, we never, whenever we're flipping houses, we never say we're going to 
make X amount of dollars because things can always happen. So what we do to uh, obviously try to get the best returns as possible is one, always have holding extra holding costs and extra renovation costs on hand. Dalton knows that. Uh, <laughs> one of his first few flips, I remember him being like, text me, he's like, dudes, what do you do about this wall? I can't remember what kind of wall it was, but you were pretty much, you had something unexpected, but you learned from that experience. And so obviously always have an extra holding cost, run your numbers conservatively, especially in this market. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. And I'm not here to show or tell you that the market's going to crash because there's a lot of speculation that it is. There's a lot of speculation that it's not. And I'm not here to predict that. I'm just here to tell you, regardless of what the market's going to do, run your numbers conservatively so that if you can sell it for more, that's just gravy off the top. For example, we just flipped a house and we were projected to sell it for 215-ish, um, like Dalton's house he just bought. Um, we said 210 to 215 at the high end. Well, by the time we got done with the renovation, the market went up a little bit more and we sold the house for 255. <laughs> so I mean like, wow. yeah, 255 compared to 215 is a lot different. So um, obviously I was happy. Our investors were happy, but always run your numbers uh, conservatively. So, so man, you, you go to Romania, you play a little basketball and then COVID hits and you're like, crap, what do I do now? You have, if I remember your story, man, after we were chatting a little bit, you have this opportunity where you can stay there. You can stay there, hang out, tough it out maybe get to play a little bit more, maybe not. Or you have this opportunity to come home and start your your own journey back here in the US. So what was going through your mind at that time? And why did you pick to come back and do real estate? Um, so but yeah, like you said, they basically told us that we could stay. But that was when you know they were speculating that the United States was going to close down. So it was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get back. Um, so that was enough for me. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Um, so I came back and when I first came back, honestly, like, like I said, I was still, I was still studying for my realtor license at that point. So like while I was in Romania, like on our off days, I was studying for my realtor license. You know, I wasn't, I didn't just completely put real estate aside while I was playing basketball. Um, so when I got back, I had pl full plans of going back and playing somewhere else. Um, and in the spring, I had a couple opportunities where I was offered to go the following December back and play in a different country. But uh, ultimately, I just got so deep into the real estate, which I hadn't even bought a flip yet. But I was I was making so much progress by networking and meeting different people. I was like, you know, I can I can go back and play, which I, I love to play basketball. But I was looking down the line what I, what my end goal was and real estate was going to, you know, meet that end goal for me. So I had to make that tough decision and just say, you know, like, we're going to go full out real estate now. Love it, man. And, you know, the cool thing about this is, is I feel like Dalton has done a really good job at this. And I, it's weird how I'm going to say this, but I've seen Dalton go all in. Like I've been watching his journey from the time he pretty much started flipping houses to where he is now. And he's flipping multiple houses per year, making over six figures per year now, flipping houses, um, you know, off his profits that I'm seeing. And he's, he's doing phenomenal. But what I've seen Dalton do is like literally focus so hard to a point to where success is a must. Success is like, I've, I've watched this dude and it's amazing just to see like, he's been so locked in 
on his real estate journey since I've been following him and stuff. I'm just like, this guy's inspiring, man. This guy makes me want to do more. And so th- there's power and this shows proof that there's power in focus, right? There's, if you take one season of your life and see, there's a lot of people, they say, Hey, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to commit to work in 68 hour weeks. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying, lock in on your goals for a season of your life. So that later on down the road, you can have the fruits of, of your labor, right? You can have the fruits to do whatever you want, or maybe build that lifestyle that you want. And that's what I'm seeing this dude do right here. He's like literally blocking out. And like, he's told me all the stuff he's doing, he's dreaming about. I'm like, man, this guy's getting it. So there's power in committing hustling and working on your goals for a season, not even for a season, but for a lifetime. But when you really focus down for a season, you can see results as Dalton is right now. So man, like why'd you choose? So you got your real estate license. You started working on that. And what got you into flipping houses? Was that just because your dad had past knowledge on it? Or was that just something you decided because there's wholesaling houses, you could buy rental properties, you could buy Airbnbs now, like there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. Why did you pick fix and flipping houses first? Um, so I, the, the reason why I got my realtor license was to essentially have access to the MLS. Um, because, you know, from early on, people are like, oh yeah, you need access. You need access, which, you know, you don't really like you, you could, there's other ways you can do it, which I've learned now, but I mean, it's not a bad thing to have in your back pocket, um, as well, but Flipping houses, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where when you when you can raise private money, you have the ability to flip a house where, you know, you know, like wholesaling, it might take a lot of marketing dollars. And starting out, I didn't have a ton of marketing dollars. So I had to find some way to make money in order to be able to get into other avenues of real estate. So when I found out about using other people's money, private money to fund real estate deals, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Like, this is my way in. And then once I get in there, then I can branch out and do other things. Love it, man. So that's kind of like been my mentality behind it. Like a lot of people were saying, well, Michael, like, for example, when my friends just reached out and he was like, he acted like I didn't know this, but he said, did you know, whenever you sell this house, man, you're going to have like so many taxes. I'm like, yes. I know I've been doing this for like four years now. So, but there's so many people that wonder like, why would you flip a house, have to pay that many prof, uh, that much taxes, um, you know, have to worry about the renovation. And the thing I love about fixing and flipping houses is this, it can be a great start to get you to financial freedom. Yeah. And okay. I'm going to, I'm going to word this in a way and structure this, this next few minutes in a way that's going to make sense to you all. So f- fix and flipping in itself is not going to give you time freedom unless you have a good team, unless you have this team built out. Because what's going to happen is, and I've experienced this and Dalton's experiences, there's a lot of time that goes into managing projects, goes into finding uh, contractors, getting material. There's a lot of time that goes in. It's a business. So look at fix and flipping houses like a business that you can eventually automate to then go and buy rentals. That's kind of my goal on it, right? I'm using my profits from fix and flipping houses to buy cash flowing assets. The same can be done with wholesaling. If you're wholesaling houses right now, go out there, use your wholesaling profits to buy cash flowing assets so that when you get enough to hit that financial financial freedom number that is on your your mind, your heart, I don't know what that may be for you. Dalton, you may only need $2,000 to live a month. Well, go out there and buy 
enough assets that it's going to give you $2,000 or more per month in net income so that you can retire. Now, Dalton can go and go to Romania and play basketball if he wants, right? Like if he wants to go back and try to like pursue it again, he can. And so the, the question to answer why I start out with fix and flipping, just because I like it, you can start out with rental properties, but fix and flipping properties is a great way to come up with 50 to $100,000 through one deal that you can go and turn around and buy three, four rentals with in my area, right? So it just depends um, on your area, but that's, that's why I like it. And that's cool to hear, you know, why you started out as well. So here's another question for you. You're real estate license that you have right now, your realtor license. I know you said knowing what you know now, you you know you don't really have to have it. You kind of were under the impression that you needed it to get MLS access. Like how beneficial has that been for you in your journey? And just give some people like perspective on why it may be good for them to get one. Because if you're listening to this right now, you don't have to have a real estate license to get into real estate. But Dalton, just give us a little bit, maybe some pros and cons to having your license right now for you. I would say one of the major pros is whenever you go into a house, it's always good if you only have one exit strategy. You know, if if the if that seller doesn't meet that exit strategy, if the numbers don't make sense, you have to walk away from that deal. If if that's the only exit strategy that you are going to do. Whereas when I have my realtor license, when I go meet with people, you know, they're how they they might not want to sell their house for, you know, pennies on the dollar, but they still want to get rid of it. So I can give them an offer that I would buy the house or I can say, you know, or I can go to my MLS run comps and say, okay, here's what houses that need some work in your area are selling for. I can be a realtor. We can sell it on the market. Um, So it just, it just creates another um, exit strategy for you. So that's definitely a positive. Another positive obviously is you, you get solid comps. You know, when you run your comps on the MLS, you're going to get good ones as long as you run them right. Um, <laughs> uh, the I would say the negatives is obviously you, depending upon what brokerage you work for, you have monthly fees or uh, yearly fees. Just just totally depends on what brokerage. And also you have a yearly fee that you pay for, like for me, it's like the Columbus Board of Realtors. Um, so I have those yearly fees that I have to pay out and it's not like $20, you know, so it's, it, they, they definitely, they definitely get their money when they, when they hit you with the fees. So, gotcha. um, yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. Another pro that I saw as well, as soon as I got it and realized, you know, I, like I said, I got my license so that I could have access. It wasn't like I was getting into real estate saying, I'm going to be a full-time realtor and then happen to fall upon fix and flips. It was kind of the opposite. But when I, when I fix and flip a property, I can sell it myself. And then that way I save that commission. Makes sense. You know, instead, of, instead of paying a different realtor, the 3%. Um, well, I mean, it's six normally, but I save 3% on my side of things because I put my sign in the yard. Love it, man. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons, but I, I feel like there's a, there's more pros than cons. You know, when it comes to it, it's just obviously um, a preference for you. Um, for everybody, it's going to be you know different. Um, for me, I honestly don't have my real estate license. Should I probably? Yeah, I can. It's just for me, I have different priorities, right? I don't want to have to worry about listing houses. I hate paperwork and I'm an organized person. I'm working on it. I'm going to be better, but I would rather just have someone else do all that for me, do all the showing so I don't have to do nothing. But 
fix and flip the house and then they can worry about the marketing and everything else. So um, that's cool, man. Just to hear that, how you're utilizing your license to make, you know, an extra source of income in your, um, in your business. So right now you're, how many fix and flips you got going on at a time? Do you just do one or do you do a couple at a time? Uh, right now I have two. Okay. Um, yep. So okay. we're two finishing at a time. and just getting one started. Awesome, man. What's well, it's cool. Um, I want to know how you are finding these houses. Are they all like just from, um, agent leads? Maybe people hear that you're an agent or, cause I always like bringing people on just hearing like, Hey, how are you finding deals in today's market? Um, most of mine come from Facebook groups. Uh, just, you know, Wait, you, you never told me this Facebook groups. That's where you're getting them from too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean like Facebook groups, cause you got wholesalers on there or people who own the property and they want to sell them. Um, that's how I just bought this last one. This guy bought it and, um, wanted out of it. So turned right around and sold it. And I was like, okay, well, numbers make sense. So I'll take it from you. Um, and yeah, so I mean, mainly Facebook groups, which those are wholesalers on the Facebook group posting. So I've gotten a couple from wholesalers, uh, one from a regular seller. Uh, one I got from a referral, you know, just posting, you know, free marketing on social media. It's like, hey, I buy houses, like, you know, I'll pay you a referral fee. If- so it sounds like most of yours is organic, though. Like it's yeah. been all organic. So guys, that's the power. Like if you are brand new to real estate, I do not recommend you pour hundreds of dollars into paid marketing like direct mail. Now you can. I'm not going to say don't because we actually have a guy coming on um, in a couple of weeks. I can't remember what day he's going to be on, but I have a friend named Tucker. He started using paid marketing from the beginning and he's crushing it. But if you don't have money, don't feel like you have to pour money into marketing because people like Dalton, myself, we are finding plenty of properties organically specifically like Facebook marketplace, Facebook groups, wholesalers. There's many different ways you can find properties. And so if you have the cash, cool, it, it can be feasible and it can be done if, if done correctly. Um, but this is just proof right here. I didn't know Dalton was getting a lot of his organically. I thought you were paying some, I knew you were experimenting with some paid ads or paid marketing. Um, but that's cool to hear that a lot of yours are coming organically. Um, you know, the one thing that's bad about organic marketing is that it can kind of be unpredictable, right? Um, but when you're starting out, it's okay, right? You have the time. Most most of the times you have more time than money. So use all the organic t- strategies that we teach. So um, have you bought any f- at rentals, man, or has it just all been fix and flip so far? It's all fix and flip so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm slowly transitioning to where I, th- I think I would say mid this coming year, I'm going to be able to start buying rentals. My, my plan is to uh, house hack and, you know, I, I like the idea of buying a triplex or a quad more so than a duplex and living in one renting out the other two or three. So uh, yeah, I'm slowly transitioning, you know, that I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, your end goal is ultimately to live off the passive and have rentals and things. And that's, that's the exact direction that I'm going with it. Um, I'm just trying to build up my cash to where I can pay for those rentals and, you know, eventually do a flip, do a couple flips, I gotcha. you know, buy rental, things like that. Keep on, keep on having a roll like that. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the cool thing about real estate is, and you probably hear this from other people as well, but I just want to state the fact here as well is learn to build your business around your lifestyle, right? 
Um, you know, so if you like to travel a lot, cool, let's build it around that. If you like working, cool, build it around that. It's just, it, everybody gets to build their own little systems, their own business. So don't be afraid just to hear that Dalton's doing it one way, um, through house hacking and I'm doing it some, a completely different way. Don't confuse the, our journeys here, right? Don't confuse that your, your journey needs to be like Dalton's or yours needs to be like mine. You get to create it the way you want to. And, uh, it's cool, man, to hear how you're going to jump into house hacking. I've, I've always kind of wanted to fix a house up, live in it for a couple of years, you know, and then sell it, but I've never done it. Um, but you know, let me know how that goes. I'd be interested in hearing, um, you know, the process behind your house hack. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man. So are, are you currently just flipping in Columbus or what's, what's your kind of market situation? Um, I would say I'm in the Columbus area, but I'm also, I'm expanding, you know, it's basically central Ohio, you know, 45 minutes out of Columbus in all directions. And, you know, that's mainly where I'm focusing right now. Cool. Yeah. And I I like that. I've seen you start maybe looking at you flipping like smaller towns as well outside of Columbus. And that's what like a lot of people listening right now, if you're like in a big metro area you're like maybe in chicago or you're in like uh, louisville or you're in nashville a lot of these markets are really really hot what i suggested doing a lot of people and i think that we talked about this on another podcast a while back but maybe start looking for deals like right outside those big metro areas like start moving out of the city because there's still great deals to be had out there still really great deals i mean i flip houses in a market that's like thirty thousand people um, so, I mean, if it can, if I can do it here, you can definitely do it outside of a big city. Um, but you know, don't be afraid to market just, you know, 15, 20 miles outside of these big cities, because what's happening is a lot of families are realizing that, Hey, the big cities have a lot of restrictions. I'd like to be out somewhere where I have more freedom. Right. And COVID especially, um, cause a lot of moving. So a lot of people are moving outside of the cities and don't be afraid to look outside there, man. But you know, um, uh, kind of share with me a little bit about one thing, or I guess I should say one piece of advice you would give to a new fix and flipper, right? If you could go back and maybe even tell the old Dalton, like, Hey, do this instead. What is one piece of advice that you would tell someone right now that's just beginning their fix and flip journey. And they're excited. Like you were, when you got back from Romania, they want to crush it. What, what kind of advice would you give them, man? Um, I would just say really vet your contractors. You know, you got to make sure, even if one person tells you, oh yeah, use them, go try to find three or four people that say, yeah, use them. You know, don't take one person's word for it and definitely don't take their own word for it. You know, everyone, you know, everyone can kind of talk their game when they need to talk their game. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, the the biggest, I would say the biggest lesson so far for me is just finding good contractors reliable contractors that would be the biggest lesson so far so that'd be my one piece of advice is really vet your contractors and make sure you know what you're getting and um keep track of everything you know make like i know i i do i do a decent job of keeping numbers on spreadsheets um but i know some people that are like oh yeah i don't even know my numbers and i'm like uh, no, like you got to know your numbers. Cause that's when you end up in really, really bad situations where if a contract tells you one number and then they come back and they're like, Oh, what's well, going to be this. And it's like, no, no, no. You already, we already agreed to this price. And this is the price that we're doing. Um, so 
definitely it's just all coming contractors just vetting them keeping those keeping those numbers straight definitely man that's something that you know i struggled with at the beginning as well and i didn't really put any emphasis on it was staying organized tracking right um so whether it's your you know your finances any of like he was mentioning it prioritize that guys it may take a little bit extra time and you know that's something that i've always hated and i'm sure a lot of you all listening right now hate it as well right you hate taking the time to sit down keep track of you know, light switches you bought, all these little things, but over time, it's going to really pay off and help you even save money on taxes when you can actually hand over something organized, something professional to your tax tax peeps. Um, so yeah, man, definitely. And vet those, vet those contractors. It's always fun. You know, we live in a world uh, where there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of um, trust being broken. So we want to make sure that we protect ourselves always when it comes to fixing and flipping houses. And you're going to run into a bad contractor, no matter what you're always going to, you know, somebody's going to, you know, bail on you or do something stupid. And it's just, it's part of the game. And you know, something I've realized and Dalton, you can vouch for this probably as well is whenever I started fixing and flipping houses, I had a lot of heartache and a lot of hurt because I wasn't expecting some of the things I were like bad contractors, like uh, unexpected repairs that I needed to be doing. And that put a lot of weight on my heart and my mind for a long time and a lot of hurt. But what I, what I realized, and I would recommend for new flippers as well as this realize that things are going to happen. And this is in anything in life for me, like, for example, my truck, I look at my truck, I bought it and it was an, fairly good condition truck last year. And I was like, Michael, this truck, something's going to happen to it, right? Setting that expectation that I'm going to have flat tires, right? I'm going to have this. And so when the times come, I'm prepared and I know, hey, this is expected. It's part of the journey. So in your real estate journey, no things are going to go bad. No things are going to pop up that weren't ex- aren't expected, right? But know that it's going to be okay. Get back up on your feet. Just like Dalton had some bad contractors start now. He had some things. 100%. He got back up and he kept going and look where he's at now. Same with, you know, same with you. Just realize that in order to get to where you want in life, in order to get that fix and flip freedom that you want, you are going to have to stay consistent and realize that even though things may go wrong, it's all going to be okay. That's with every, anything in life. So Dalton, thanks for coming on, man. Let's, let's share a little bit, everybody, um, where they can find you at like social media. And then also you have a book that I'd like everybody to pick up and read if you want to throw that in there as well. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's just at Dalton Albanese. Um, that's D A U L T O N. And then Albanese is A L B A N E S E. And I'm on Facebook as well. If you just search my name, uh, those are the two main ones that I use. I have a Twitter, but I, you'll never see me tweeting. So yeah, same here. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are the two main ones. And then, um, yeah, I had, like you said, I have a book, it's called don't listen to small minds and you can find that on Amazon. So, um, it's on the link is in my, uh, Instagram bio. Love it. Definitely guys. What I want you to do is what, don't forget, we have a giveaway and I want to remind you about this giveaway before we log off here. But first, go onto Dalton's IG and shoot a message, say, hey, um, I listened to the podcast and just tell him how awesome he is because he is awesome. So go on there, chat with him. He'll reply back. I'm, I'm going to make sure he replies back. Yeah, um, so go go message him on Instagram, start networking. Guys, literally this connection right here could be something that helps you know um, take your business off the ground, You know, c- connecting with people like Dalton. So go message him. 
Um, and Dalton, thanks so much for being on here. But secondly, just want to remind you guys that we are giving away three tickets to David Hughes and Katie Marie Hughes Simplified Investing Beach Bash, right? They're hosting a Beach Bash investing conference this January, at the end of January. I think it's maybe like the 28th um, or 29th. I can't remember the dates. I'm going to pull it up right here. Yeah, 28th and 29th and 30th of January. And we're going to give away three tickets to people who, one, subscribe to our podcast and two, leave a review. So if you leave a review on our podcast and um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all those reviews, read them, and I'm going to pick one lucky winner to get a free ticket. These are like a couple hundred dollars worth. You'll be able to network with me. Uh, Michael McDonald, who's been on this podcast, is going to be there. David and Katie Marie Hughes is going to be there. So many investors are going to be gathering in Sarasota, Florida. I almost forgot to mention that. In sunny Sarasota, Florida to network. So subscribe, leave a review, and we will be picking a winner here in the next week or so. But Dalton, again, thanks, man, for being on here. God bless you guys. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Estate Success Podcast. And we will see you right here next week. See you, Dalton. Appreciate you having me on, man.